Welcome to Mudflap and Palmer were forced to do a podcast, a weekly bonus bit of the Mudflap and Palmer show, starring Mudflap and Palmer. Reach out to us on Facebook or email mudflapandpalmer at gmail.com. Now, against their will and most people's wishes, here are Mudflap and Palmer. Well, hey guys, and welcome back. It's episode number nine of Mudflap and Palmer were forced to do podcast i am palmer i am mudflap are, are we dropping our first name now yeah i'm just done with it all right <laughs> i've noticed that lately. well i mean it's not it's not featured anywhere you know outside of me saying it i mean it's mudflap and palmer everything's referred to as palmer so yeah i call you ed no one calls me ed i call you ed. it's not my name anyway you're mr ed <laughs> you're the talking horse thanks i can't <laughs> just like mr ed did with my feet <laughs> On today's podcast, we have a bunch of things to talk about, including we got a guest in a studio, or not in studio, but certainly on the phones with us. First ever podcast guest. Very excited about this. And we went top shelf, too. We really did. We didn't like waste our time and get like some schmuck from down the road. Not that the person down the road is a schmuck. Wow. No, no, no. I'm all about local. But we did get somebody who is internationally known, and that's no joke. So. Yeah. We'll talk about that a little bit later on and actually talk to them a little bit later on. But I want to get to one thing first. As we record this, it is Thursday. As it airs live, as this actually goes live on all your podcast sources, it will be Friday morning. By the time you hear this, our contest for Luke Combs that we did on the air will have been over. And we gave people three different ways to win. We played a sounder, a cue to call on the air. Right. We also did a Cat Country Facebook page contest uh, that is wrapping up or it has wrapped up. And also the third one, we decided to generate some traffic for our podcast and get some interest in it that we would ask you a trivia quiz about something we talked about in last week's podcast, episode eight. And we were very specific about this. We said, we want to know Shortly after we were fired, we, the two of us, did a Facebook Live broadcast from what local restaurant? Herein lies the problem. Nobody listens. Nobody reads. <laughs> That's the problem. It's not for everybody, apparently. Well, you know, it's optional. We had you send your answers to the mudflapandpalmer at gmail.com email address. And we had... Uh, over a dozen entries, which isn't bad since the podcast is really just starting out. Ooh, but, huge. But only three podcast of them. Podcast is blowing up. Hush now, sir. <laughs> only three of them were correct. Everybody else was incorrect. And here is where the problem lies. We first addressed, and part of podcast number eight, which is still up and you can still listen to, we talked about the day that we got fired because last week was the anniversary of our firing from the station across the street. And we talked about how things went down. And we said after we got fired, we met up at Buffalo Wild Wings for a drink. Yep. And while we were there, we were on Facebook, you know, responding to people's rumors that they were hearing about us being fired. Sure. We didn't say anything about that. We did Facebook Live from there. We did not. But a couple minutes later, we said... We went out to Moe's Restaurant, Moe's Southwest Grill in Florence right and, did a Facebook, right, and, and, and did a Facebook Live. We talked about how we did that. But everybody heard Buffalo Wild Wings. They were, and they put that as their answer and thus blowing their chances right out of the water. Oh. 
you know, you can always count on people not reading, not listening, not paying attention, not. It happens every day on social media. We, we see it. We've complained about it. We laughed about it for the longest time, and now we just call it out. Say, you're not reading. You're not paying attention. You're not following directions. Right. So if we were to give any piece of advice, not just with contests or on, on Facebook, but just in life, the attention to details is everything. The devil's in the details, they say. You, if you pay attention and actually maybe double-check what you do before you release it into the wild, chances are you'll be wrong a lot less. May I? And I'm going to tell you, and both of us will tell you this, earlier in our lives, and maybe not all that far back, we were guilty of the same thing, oh, you know, every now and then. We would not maybe pay attention oh, as, as much. Oh, it's never been for social media, though. But no, right. For social media. I check, double check, triple I do too. check. I, I am anal about that. I yeah. totally, totally check what I write and, and just because I know people are willing and able to just jump on you if you're wrong. Oh, yeah. And misspelling words, which is right up my alley. Right, because, but not mine because yeah. I am very, very meticulous about yeah, that. Yeah, because I'm the worst at that. So just a little piece of advice from Mudflat and Palmer going forward. Pay attention to the details. It will save you a lot of headaches and embarrassment down the road and may even win you a contest well hey welcome to the podcast guys <laughs> all right also this past week uh just a couple days ago was we're recording this on the 5th of may when mm-hmm. you hear this it'll be the 6th of may but two days prior to you hearing this was may the 4th which of course is may the 4th be with you it's a big pseudo star wars holiday it is it's it's huge and it's getting bigger i saw so many people mentioning it uh famous people were mentioning it like on twitter and whatnot. i mean it's it's and mark really hamill on. and yes. daisy ridley um you know a lot of the star wars cast was, were posting up stuff so i thought that was cool and, and the best part for me for that day is not necessarily in the social media aspect of it it's the sales that go on because mm-hmm. i buy stuff for my game room i sent you several different videos and links to yeah. things that i saw that I thought might be interesting to you. But May the 4th is definitely taken off as far as for Star Wars fans and even people that maybe are just sort of... Fringe. Yeah, Midland Star Wars fans. But with that holiday, quote-unquote, in mind, and maybe I can stop doing the quote-unquote. Maybe it is a holiday. It's a holiday, Is it a holiday? Quit giving it the Dr. Evil quotation marks. (laughs) Holiday. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) For May the 4th, our top five list is Star Wars related okay we don't do politics i think we should have like a no politics zone but we do love to argue look at us we're already fighting well that's what we do it's time for mud and palmer's top five our top five list is our top five star wars characters and this had to be tough for you when i came up with it i was going to go with a totally different top five list so hard and then i said no 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 i got one that will engage ed palmer to the extreme. He drops this on me after we got done recording the the Top 20 Countdown, mm-hmm. which my brain's already fried at that point. Yeah. And then when he said it, I was just like, oh, it's the left hook that I never saw. Because I never told him what I was going to I just said, you're going to hate me, maybe not hate me, but hate having to do this because it will be so difficult for you. And then I told him a little bit later on what it was. Top five Star Wars characters. And uh, I'm going to go first this time, okay? Okay. My number five, Lando Calrissian. Okay. Played by Billy D. Williams. He played it great. He was awesome. He, he was, was great when he came back. He was a space pirate. Uh, and really, as a kid, I just thought he was cool. I thought he was cool. 
Uh, and his outside of Han Solo, he was the only one that had that air about him. Yes, that, that they he were was very cool. much of the same cloth, right? Uh, and Han Solo, of course, I will admit, comes a little bit further in my list. What's your number five? Uh, Cad Bane. Explain for those that are not geeks about Star Wars. He I don't was know who that is. kind of introduced in Star Wars Rebels, which was the cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's a legendary bounty hunter, and he's awesome. Uh, he did show up in the Mandalorian. They just did not do him well. The Mandalorian slash Boba Fett, I mm-hmm. should say. It was more Boba Fett, but the, it was really the Mandalorian part eight. Um, he they he shows up there, but they just didn't do him justice in that series. Uh, in, in the cartoon, he's amazing. Love him. One of my favorite characters. Is he dead? Well, apparently, according to the book of Boba Fett, yeah, he is. <laughs> so I didn't not know happy. if he had a chance to really come back and have his moment. He didn't. He had a moment. <laughs> it was his death moment. I was so upset. All right. My number four is The Mandalorian. Okay. He's my number four. Um, I was late to the party on the show. I know that you jumped on it right away. Obviously, you being the Star Wars fan that you are. Uh, and then you were telling me, no, this is great. This is great. And I went and watched it. I binged like both seasons in like the same weekend. I mean, I just had a Mandalorian weekend and I thoroughly loved it. And I thought that uh, the Mandalorian, do you remember that the actor's name who plays the Mandalorian? I don't off the top of my head, but he also had a great character in game of Thrones. So it's, uh, mm-hmm. I wish it-, it was the Mandalorian. Okay. Let's just go with that. Okay. Mandalorian. Uh, he asks me these questions about actors all the time, and he knows that's not my thing. Except with Star Wars, I thought maybe. Absolutely not. It's like I don't pa- retain that information. Pedro Pascal, that's yes. his name. I just don't retain that type of information mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Pedro Pascal, and he was great in Ask Game of Thrones. Ask me a question about a cartoon, and I can tell you. And he's awesome in The Mandalorian. And you don't really even see him very much in The Mandalorian because he's always wearing his helmet. Yeah. Not always, always. But 90% of the time. Oh, it wasn't like Boba Fett where he took off his helmet every three seconds. Yeah, and totally ruined the character. So upset. All right, so your number four is? Darth Maul. I almost put him on my list. Maul is great. Um, You almost have to include Kenobi in there with him because they're so attached at the hip. Um, But yeah, Maul is great. He's wonderful. He's got a darkness to him. He's a badass. Yeah, he is. He's a legitimate badass. And, and, you know, him and Kenobi are just fantastic. And I'm praying to the gods that he shows up in Kenobi. I'm guessing that this shows up as your number one. He's my number three. Luke Skywalker. It's the reason... You're going to be surprised. Am I? Yeah, you are. Really? Luke didn't make the top five. Get the hell out of here! Yeah, he did not make the top five. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding. He's probably like at number six or number seven. I know. Hit pause! (laughs) I need a moment. He he is not... I would have bet all sorts of money on that. As a matter of fact... Hold on, you can't give it away. No, as a matter of fact, I only have one good guy in my top five. Really? Well, that also tells me who one of your top five is. Mm -hmm. Um, But my number three is Luke Skywalker because he is like who we first meet uh, when the Star Wars saga begins with uh, the first original movie that came out in 77. Sure. So, and, and he is, although as the story expanded, you can't really say this, but... As the movies were released, he was the genesis, the reason that the movies happened. He was the the pivot point of all the things. Well, it's the Skywalker family, right? Um, yeah, you again, got Anakin, you got Luke, you got sure. Leia. I mean, they're all wrapped up into that, and so. huge players yes. within not just the movies but the entire Star Wars universe. All right, so three uh, for me is Luke. Who is your three? Count Dooku. And okay, he, it vaguely ring, rings a bell. Yeah, he was in the prequel series. Um, 
I guess he shows up in number two or number three. I can't remember which. Mm-hmm. Um, where Anakin and you know Kenobi go up against him. So I, I I guess he's in the last two, and he's just fantastic. Uh, the actor who played him was amazing. Uh, he was a, a truly a fenceman uh, in in his spare time, and he had a special lightsaber that kind of curves. Um, oh, so the actual actor was a fencer? Yeah, he was. No kidding. He was amazing. All right, my number two is Obi Wan, and all his which forms. ones. No, I'm going to say just the, the character Obi-Wan. Now, I'm not going to split this up between young Obi-Wan and older Obi-Wan. See, I feel like you have to. You think so? Yeah, because I'm not a big fan of Alec Guinness. Um, I didn't like him as Obi-Wan because, one, he was they didn't make him that big of a deal. You knew he was there. He, he was in the twilight of his career. Yeah, he was a mentor. You knew all that, but there wasn't a whole lot of plot to him. You never really found out about him until later. But Ewan McGregor is amazing. You know, if you made me choose, if you made me choose between the two, I would agree with you that Ewan McGregor is a fantastic younger Obi-Wan. I think he not only portrays this great character that's fleshed out, more so than what we saw in the very first movie, but also you can see in him, the way he portrays Obi-Wan, the Obi-Wan that Al Guinness eventually was. Oh, 100%. You can see that path being built to that yeah. other character, that other actor. He does a great job. I, I, Yeah, I think this, to be honest with you, and he's been known for, of course, many movies, but this is, to me, the defining character in Ewan McGregor's career. Oh, he's never getting away from yeah, this. Yeah, this is going to be his James Kirk. It's like whatever. Mark Hamill. If you yes. don't know he's a voice actor and he does the Joker in the Batman series, you think Luke Skywalker. Exactly. Um, so you're number two? Uh, Vader slash Anakin. Oh, wait a minute. I can't, I can't have both my Obi-Wans, but you get Vader slash Anakin? That's the same person. As is Obi-Wan. Played by two different people. Played by two different people. Yeah. Your, yours is the same as mine. Yeah. If you want to have that argument, you can. But I feel like those are two different people. I Double feel, standard! I don't, because I feel like you saw the arc of you had Anakin kind of growing up and doing that thing What did we just talk else. about with Obi-Wan? But I don't think so, because it's not the same person. Are you saying that the transition was so the much av- between young Anakin and, and, and Vader. evil Vader? Yes, there, there's, it's a totally separate... That you're separate. telling me that's, that is so... Yeah. Two separate paths yes. that they're two separate characters, in, yes. in, in essence. That's what I'm saying. I'll give you an asterisk on your argument, but I still think that they're... I mean, you can choose. It's your list. I don't care. You're but not, I do care. You're not going to hurt my I feelings do either way if you I choose, do care. you know, two different actors. I mean, that's fine. You can do that. And then if that's the case, I'm going to throw in James Earl Jones then. Stop it right now. He was Stop the voice. Stop it right now. Take the monkey ranch out of the works. Take it back. Put it back in your toolbox. Stop it right now. No. My number one. There's three there at number two for me. <laughs> Why don't I just make the top 15 for you? It wouldn't be enough. Number one is Han Solo. Number one is Han Solo. And I already know who your number one is. You don't. I don't? You don't know. Maybe well, I don't. You might. Hold on. Let me give Okay, well, no, you've already done two bad guys, so it's a good guy. Yeah. It's a good guy. It is. I want to say Han Solo also, but I also think that maybe you're going to throw a Yoda in on me. I am not. What? I am not going to put oh, Yoda in Who's your number one? Ahsoka Tano. She's great. Okay, and I fell in Explain love. Explain the source of Ahsoka Tano. She uh, shows up first in Star Wars Rebels, um, and basically, y- she is Anakin's Padawan. And when Anakin was Anakin, and he was still good, and all mm-hmm. that other stuff, um, and then the arc of her to where she is actually getting a Disney Plus show, 
which I can't wait for that. It's going to be amazing. She has shown up in uh, The Mandalorian, and she actually showed up in The Book of Boba Fett for a second. Um, but I, I love her character. Um, there's just something about it when you watch her and you see where she ends up being. She leaves the Jedi and all this other mm-hmm. stuff. It's fantastic, and uh, she fast became my number one. I give you credit for um, not going the path of least resistance and picking kind of like the the characters that I picked. I knew that I would pick more surface characters, more well-known characters. Sure. But you, of course, who has a, a much uh, deeper knowledge of the Star Wars universe, uh, obviously had a, a larger cast to choose from. And uh, there you go, Ahsoka Tanu. So, yeah. Yeah, that's your number one character. Right. Okay. I would. I still think I, I would have said, "Man, Skywalker all the way." I just thought you were a Skywalker. Skywalker probably hits about six for me. Wow, I didn't even make the top five. And I love Mark Hamill. All right, that's our top five Star Wars characters. That he was really kind of a horrible actor in Star Wars. Oh, let's face it, Mark Hamill's not the greatest actor. He, as a voice actor, he's fantastic. I love him as a voice actor. Yeah, on screen, he was not so good. That's why in the later movies, when they had him as an older bearded, well, he showed up in the Mandalorian. He showed up uh, in. Which, it wasn't Rogue One. Which uh, It was the uh, series after with yes. Ray. And, and he showed up. They didn't ask him to do a lot. And he was good there. Yes. He was good because he, he, he was that role, I think, with Luke. He was an older, wiser, more centered Jedi. Yeah, I think with Luke, he was growing as an actor. And, and as, a, as a person, he was a teenager when he played Luke. Let's be honest. When they made Star Wars, no one thought it was going to be a hit. Exactly. I mean, they all thought it was going to be a flop. They just so. thought, space western, do it and move on. Yep, exactly. And the next thing you know, it basically owns us for billions of dollars. Forever. But there you go. And Ed Palmer has no problem with that. I do not. All right. Uh, we are so honored to uh, have uh, our very first podcast guest. It's so cool. Uh, and this is again. Some this seems to be like a podcast with your name on it, uh, if because I was we're do touching a, a bunch of stuff here that that you are are overly familiar with. If I was going to do a podcast this by myself, mm-hmm. this would be the podcast. It would be Star Wars. Our next guest, which of course has to deal with wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, you're a big wrestling fan. Yeah, he's a two time champion. Uh, Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning. How are we? We are doing <laughs> great, man. I, a, a little early for you this morning, man? Oh, not too early. It's more of the, the, the time difference with the UK has got me. I just finished a little international tour of uh, Newcastle, England, London, England, Paris, France, and Leipzig, Germany, straight back to America for Monday Night Raw, and now I'm back home, so my body doesn't quite know what time or day it is right now. Something that uh, Ed and I were talking about before we got on the phone with you you're obviously one of the top names in wrestling now, but if you had the chance, in wrestling history, is there a wrestler, past or present, that you never faced off with that you really wish you can get into the ring with? Oh, there's a bunch. <laughs> uh, I mean, I was, a big, I was a big Bret Hart fan when I was growing up, Bret mm-hmm. Hitman Hart, so, you know, that'd be up there, and a Shawn Michaels fan as well. Uh, but at the same time, you know, talking about the um, Carolinas or Ric Flair, Oh, absolutely. It's certainly uh, very close to the top of that list. If I was born you know, a couple of decades earlier, uh, maybe a few decades earlier, I would have loved the opportunity you know, to be around uh, that territory scene, to be in the Carolinas and be around the likes of the Flares and Dusties um, and just the insane passion of the fans, as small as the arenas were, like I say, in the armories back in the day, the noise volume and the passion and the emotion that came from those arenas. I wouldn't like to smoke so much, but uh, <laughs> to, to be able to, 
Bill was a fight back then, but it, those are the guys that laid the groundwork, laid the foundation, and have put us in the arenas and stadiums we're in today and how big wrestling is today. You know, uh, going back, I mean, it sounds like you've just had a week already. Uh, Monday Night Raw was a big night. Uh, of course, you know, you had the bloodline in the ring, Roman Reigns in the ring, RK Bro crashed the ring, and then you come out to face Roman Reigns. Uh, how long have you been looking forward to just taking the tribal chief out? Oh, very long time. <laughs> I'm a very patient man. I've been biding my time since I was drafted to SmackDown. Uh, oof, my goodness, it was a long time ago now. It must be close to 10 months ago, 11 months ago. And I yeah. assume Roman probably thought I was going to come straight for him. I've just been biding my time, waiting until he was feeling pretty comfortable. Um, all right, Drew's obviously scared. Obviously, Drew's not going to step up and try and fight the Tribal Chief ever again. And uh, this past Friday on SmackDown, I have an RK bro. We're getting beaten down three on two from a surprise attack. I saw my opportunity to surprise Roman throw some fists and not only throw some fists, throw his big butt from one side of the ring to the other <laughs> side of the ring and let him know that Drew McIntyre is coming for him. And we love the fact that you're going to be facing him here in Florence yeah, that's on uh, Saturday the 14th. It's a huge card here. Uh, we're, we're talking about you guys. Of course, the return of the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes is going to be here with uh, Seth Rollins. I mean, we literally have a pay-per-view quality show here in Florence when you guys come to town. You know, it's a non-televised event, so this is one of the really fun events where we're not so focused on the television cameras and the millions of people watching around the world. We're focused on the fans in attendance, and WWE is all about that interaction. So bring your signs, bring your chance, you know, bring some fun things you're going to shout with the wrestlers, because I guarantee there's going to be a lot of back and forth during this show, a lot of interaction during this show, and a lot of memories made during this show. Okay, this may be a stupid question, but here in America, when you're obviously as athletic as you are you're six five you're very very fit and and strong we have options as far as what you do as an adult you can do football or basketball or or whatever uh in the uk in scotland when you're obviously the biggest kid in class what are your options was wrestling always the thing that you wanted to do or did you have other choices as, as just a big athlete I mean, wrestling was the thing I always wanted to do since I was six, but uh, there was no wrestling, like not even, you know, the the freestyle that you get in American high schools. You know, that exists in the UK. The closest place was a school in Glasgow, I believe, that taught it, which was about an hour from where I went to school. And so I played, uh, I guess rugby is the choice you would have if you're a bigger guy, but I was always a big soccer fan, like football. The real football is a ball you kick it with your feet. That's what we call it football. <laughs> I, I and, agree uh, with you. Yeah, I, play, I played that. Yeah. <laughs> so American football, we tend to call American handball because you predominantly use your hands, occasionally use your feet. In football, you predominantly use your foot and occasionally your head. So football. But I played that growing up till I was about 16. I always the biggest player um, on the pitch. And my last match, I got sent off. You know, you see the guys get yellow cards and red cards. You get a red card, you get sent off. So I got a red card. I was very upset with the referee. I felt it was an unfair decision. And so I took off my shirt. Through the, the referee, tried to fight the full-grown man referee when I was 16, and it took some of my players, my manager, and the other team's manager to finally pull me off the pitch. I decided after that, my dad said, "Maybe you want to focus more on my wrestling." <laughs> <laughs> I think it's pretty obvious your career path at that point. Yeah, I'd say so. I was banned from the league, but um, I'd already started training by that point. And the closest wrestling school was legitimately a 24-hour round trip to get there and get home. I had to, had to convince my mother to let me go and start training. And by that point, I'd been training for a year and was like, okay, I need to give everything to wrestling and these referees. 
are useless. Got one more question. Got one more question for you. At least I do. Um, was looking over your resume and your list of accomplishments, and you are so decorated within the wrestling uh, world. What's left for you to accomplish? What is the dream? What do you want to do? Well, there's tons I want to do. Um, the, uh, getting a UK stadium show was a big one on my list to achieve. And we just announced that um, officially September 3rd, we'll have a show in the Principality Stadium in the UK, which holds over 100,000 people. But with our set in there, it can hold 75,000 people. That's something I've been actively pursuing for years. Now it's official. That's really cool. I guess for me, I've been WWE champion twice and held the title never in front of live fans, which is crazy. I won the title at the height of the pandemic when we had zero fans in attendance. I recaptured the title when we had our virtual fans in attendance, and I lost the title before we got our real fans back in the stands. So I've never actually been champion in front of live fans. So if I can get myself you know, that title off Roman Reigns, perhaps in Florence, and get the chance to raise it in front of uh, some live fans, that's the next goal as well as outside the ring, you know, endeavors that I like to pursue. And I work a lot with Special Olympics and a champion ambassador there. And anywhere else I can make a difference, I love making a difference. That's the cool thing about being a WWE superstar. You have this power to make a true difference. And the older I get, I realize that's the coolest stuff to do. Awesome, brother. Hey, congratulations to everything you've done. Uh, we're all rooting for you to take mm-hmm. that title off of Roman Reigns. I think we've seen that title on him long enough. And oh, yeah. it's, it's time for you to, you know, steal that spotlight for him. No, I appreciate that. I mean, it's only been about 9,643 days. Had it, but <laughs> oh, it's I not appreciate like, that. Life. <laughs> not, not like you're actually counting or anything. <laughs> yeah, it feels like forever. But yeah, someone has to take him down. He is that good. It's going to take somebody, um, you know, with a perhaps a big sword, and a big boot, and all those teeth down his throat and get that title off. And I think Drew McIntyre is just a man. That's it, man. Give him the mud flap and Palmer Claymore, sir. There you go. There we go. There we go. I love it. All right, last Appreciate you having me. It's great to see you all when I get to Florence. We'll be there, Drew. Thank you uh, for calling in. We appreciate it so much. No, thank you for having me. This was fun. I'll see you all soon. So Drew McIntyre, honored, privileged to have him on the... uh, on the podcast. Right, I'm going home. We've hit all the my subjects. Have we? Yeah, I'm done. Actually, I think there's one more subject that we're going to hit on. Okay. As we wrap things up. Although this is probably more of an annoyance to you and less of a thing that you Don't you're ruin into. my podcast today. Sorry, here we go. Did you know? Did you know? Today being the beginning of May, we're a month away, a little le- uh, less than a month away from hurricane season. Oh. Yeah, you see where this is going. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I already saw I saw the fear mongering already on Facebook. With not the- that. That's not what we're going to talk about. What we are going to talk about is weathermen are statistically better now than they've ever been. Why are you laughing? Well, I could be good too if I said, "Hey, in the cone of uncertainty, we may have Tim McGraw's on the way." Oh, hold up a second. Jason Aldean could be on the what way. What did you just call it? The cone of uncertainty, which is what it was known as. Some people called it the cone of concern if they were trying to be like middle of the road. But even the weathermen, even the meteorologists called it the cone of uncertainty because, as you know, the cone approaches the East Coast or wherever we happen to be tracking the storm. And then as days, you know, as you forecast days out, the cone gets wider as to where this storm could go, which drives you up the wall. It's such bullshit. (laughs) Watch your language on our podcast, sir. It is. I'm sorry. I can say that on our podcast. He's been wanting to say this for forever years it is it it is it's like hey it's it's almost like you're playing (laughs) 
pin the tail on the donkey. I knew this would be the best way to close out the podcast. I knew it. But listen to this. Let's see. Oh, it's North Carolina. <laughs> listen to this. Everybody, I think, certainly here in the Carolinas, is familiar with the tone of uncertainty, what it looks like, what its function is, why there is some variance as the forecast extends 48 hours, 72 hours, 120 hours away. Well, they just had a big hurricane conference about a month ago. And what they have done is devised a new cone. It is going to be smaller, meaning less variance. The cone, and you know, as you go out, it gets wide. It covers like sometimes three states. It's that wide at yeah. the end of the forecast. It's like half, half the Atlantic Ocean's covered. They're so confident. And they feel that their track record, and they took the last five years and how they were predicting and, and what eventually happened. Mm-hmm. They feel that it is time in 2022 to shrink the cone of confidence. Oh, stop it. Just stop it. There's no confidence there. Well, they, there's what I, what I've gathered from this is that they are moving away from the cone of uncertainty name and are going more with the cone of concern. Okay. I guess maybe that's an image thing, which they should have done a long time ago. Why don't they just call it the cone of milk bread toilet paper? (laughs) Of the 394 official forecasts issued by the National Hurricane Center during the 2021 Atlantic hurricane season, this was last year, they did 394 official forecasts, which means every stage of the forecast. Sure. Okay. It had the best year ever predicting the position of a storm center at 48, 60, 72 hours out. So because they were so... Oh, so they're getting cocky. Little bit. That's what you're saying. The cone of cockiness. Okay. <laughs> the cone of co- that's it. It's the cone of cockiness. I like it. So now, and apparently the look. Uh, I get it. I've lived on the East Coast my entire right life. You know, I grew up in Charleston, lived in Somerville, moved to Florence. I get it. It's hard to predict these things, but but the way that they do it is ridiculous. They now say that over the last five years, uh, the entire track of the tropical storm can be expected to remain within the cone <laughs> roughly 70% of the time, which is the best they've ever done. Oh, I can't wait to test this series this, this season. I, I just wanted you to know this going into hurricane season. Why did you want to make me angry by but, the end of this? Po- no, this was a great I podcast. To give you, I wanted to give you ammunition because as we, let's face it, we've been in the Carolinas. You've been here your whole life. I've been here 20, 25 years. Yes. We have lived with the, cone of uncertainty and everything that comes with the predictions of storms. And I will say this. I'll give credit where credit is due. Piotrowski is the best at what he does. He's very, very good. He's very, very good. And he'll be the first to tell you we don't know. Yes. I mean, he's at least honest about it. Mm-hmm. They had one meteorologist. Stop it right no, now. I'm saying this. It's, You're doing it. It's the podcast. Go screw, ahead. Screw that and screw this post that they posted on Facebook. You are quite mouthy today. You're talking about weather people. Yeah. And this is the biggest point of fear-mongering I've ever seen in my life, and Go it ahead. happened last year. And, and, I, and I actually saw it first and passed yes. it on to you. In which a, a certain local meteorologist yes. put on Facebook... If this hurricane was over South Carolina, this is what it would look like. And, of course, people, being people who don't read, immediately started looking at this going, oh, do we do we need to be concerned about this and everything else? And everybody started calling this guy out. Right. And now, 
to for those of you that don't have the background on this, what had happened was there was a storm somewhere either in the Gulf. It was in the middle of the Atlantic, or in the middle of the Atlantic, it was staring and it was, clear. It was huge, and it was nowhere near. It was us. huge, but it was literally a thousand miles away. Yes, and and I see this as being totally irresponsible, not just stupid funny, but irresponsible. Yeah, because what he did was said, "Oh, look how big this storm is." Then he put the graphic over the Carolinas, and it covered both states. Yeah, and he said, massive. this is what it would look like if it was over us. But people, and we talked about this earlier in the podcast, they don't read, they don't listen. If you just saw that graphic, you'd go, Uh-oh. oh, my God, we're all going to die. Milk, bread, toilet paper, yes. and we're moving to Tennessee. Yes, and even that wouldn't be far enough away. Yeah. I think parts of Tennessee were covered in that graphic. I think you're right. But it was such a bad look. And already, and, and I admit, on behalf of my esteemed partner here, that we do our share of taking jabs at the weather. Uh, I do it. You don't. Industry. I do as well. I do not not to the level that you do. But well, it's because of stuff like this, right? And and well, the thing is, they already have that stigma. They already have that we don't know everything stigma. We're 150 years into predicting hurricanes, and you're still guessing at a lot of it. Mm-hmm. So that being said. You put a graphic up like that, that automatically paints you with this brush that, yeah, you're the Charlotte we thought you were. Yeah. I mean, because that, I mean, the very definition of fear-mongering, if you want to call it that. And that that was it in a a post. Yes. I wish I'd saved it. I probably will show up in my timeline at some point this summer because I'm sure I posted it. That that dude just took it on the chin on Facebook. (sighs) I mean, and he should have. Yeah, 100%. And I, and I, I didn't respond to it. You did too. No, I did not. I thought you went on to his station's page and commented. Oh, absolutely not. Really? I was positive that you no, did. No, I do not engage in stuff like that on social media. I thought that was too much for you to like pass it by. It was hard. <laughs> it was hard, but you know what I did? I, I kept scrolling. Did you? I did. I talked about it on the air. All right, people. That's your word of wisdom for today. We, we start off with a word of wisdom, and we end with a word of wisdom. We start off with pay attention to the details. And then the new one, as we close, just keep scrolling. That's all you got to do. And you'll be happy. Not everything, even if you disagree with it, deserves your response or your engagement. Agreed. So that being said, I think that's a perfect way to wrap up the podcast. Thanks for ruining the, the back half of the podcast. I thought I was giving you some fun stuff to you know hold close to your chest when it comes to that June. Just, that just makes me angry. <laughs> that's all it does. I want to thank everybody for listening. We do appreciate each and every one of you. There are several ways to get a hold of us. You can email us at mudflatandpalmer at gmail.com. You can reach out to us on social media. You can listen to the show Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. on 99.3 in South Carolina in the PD region. Uh, how else? Oh, you can hear us on the countdown on the app yep. if the app happens to be working. Well, the app's down. We took a lightning strike the other day. So well, half the computers in this building are, are a little iffy right now. Finger, you could have said that a week ago, and it would, it would have been true. They're a little iffy. <laughs> but anyway, there are tons of ways to get a hold of us. If you want to hear something on the podcast, if you want to comment on the podcast, we uh, more than welcome that. And, of course, you can get the podcast on the Cat Country website, which is catcountry993.net. It's right there on the front page. And it updates. We put out a new podcast every Friday morning. Well, the good news is if they're listening to this, they've already gotten the podcast. It is true. But there are several ways that you can get it. You can get it on the Cat Country and website. And And yeah, so we've Apple, found. Spotify, Amazon. iHeart even has it. I mean, there's tons of places that you can get our podcast. That was Just, by accident. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they liked our podcast last week. Probably not. 
<laughs> may not be there this week. But just Google the title of the podcast, Mudflap and Palmer. We're forced to do a podcast, and you'll find us. So till next Friday, have yourselves a great week. We'll see you. Bye, y'all. And that's a wrap. Thanks for checking out the Mudflap and Palmer. We're forced to do a podcast podcast. A new episode goes live every Friday. So check back then. If you need more of the guys, you can hear Mudflap and Palmer in the PD on 99.3 The Cat weekday mornings from 6 to 10 a.m. and around the world via the Cat Country app. Have a great week.